Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. There's a lot of good truths in that song. A lot of praiseworthy things. A lot of things that uh, sometimes we don't like to think about too, though. You know, I never promised, or I did promise, that you would be despised. That's kind of harsh for us to think about sometimes, isn't it? But you know, when we're walking with Jesus, that is definitely going to be the case. Because His ways are not the ways of the world, nor should ours be the ways of the world. Well, in about a week, we will begin our Vacation Bible School. And uh, Vacation Bible School has the theme, Spark Studios. And uh, the, uh, the theme verse is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, We are His creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. And we'll be sharing with children not only that, uh, that God is a creative God that has given us music and art and uh, many different creative ways to bring Him glory, but that He has designed them and created Him for His purpose. And I pray that kids understand the truths that are presented in our Bible stories and in the gospel you know, that, uh, that we will share and, uh, and as such, I want us to think a little bit this morning about uh, the limitless creativity of God. And, uh, you know, as I've, as I've been pondering that Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10 verse, I've tried to think of all kinds of ways to draw out it into a, you know, a, a 30 or 40 minute sermon, but I'm afraid you guys may get out a little early today. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Thank you, Lloyd. <laughs> oh, you're funny. You know, and, and as you know, as we think about what we're going, what all we're going to be to be teaching children, it ju- it just occurred to me that that even we as adults have so many different levels of belief that we think about when it, uh, when it comes to God, right? And, and God's creativity and His power. You know, His, his power and, and creative design are on display throughout the world, right? From the smallest particle of our DNA, which we didn't even know anything about 30 years ago, or very little about, anyway, 30 years ago, that those smallest things that make each one of us unique, right? Every person, every living organism, to the, to the vastness of outer space and the old untold numbers of galaxies that every time we create a piece of technology that's bigger and better, we just see it gets bigger and better. You know, the, the limitlessness of God, his, you know, His handiwork is, is everywhere if we acknowledge it. And I'm amazed at the accomplishments of man. 
in, in, light, in light of the greatness of God, I'm, I'm amazed at the accomplishments of man. You know, at, at amazing artists and sculptors and designers and craftsmen that, um, that take common things like paint and stone or wood and, and create just unbelievable masterpieces. God has just gifted some people in such a way. I'm, a, I'm amazed that we can create technology that, that allows me to study the Bible so easily and that puts helps on the screens and computers that, that are just, I mean, how in the world? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it amazes me. You know, we have, we put men on the moon we, a long time ago. You know, we've, it's just, it's amazing the accomplishments of man. And yet, and yet God is the only one that truly creates. He is the only one that can, that takes nothing and makes it into something. He started with nothing and has made everything. And, uh, you know, Psalm, Psalm 33, verse 6 through 9, say, The heavens were made by the word of the Lord, and all the stars by the breath of His mouth. You know, I think about it. You know, we sang that song, It Took a Miracle to Put the Stars in Place. You know, it looks like a miracle to us. To God, it was just Him speaking. You know, it's unbelievable. He gathers the waters of the sea into a heap. He puts the depths into storehouses. Let the whole earth tremble before the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke, and it came into being. He commanded, and it came into existence. You know, and, and we recognize that not everybody believes that like, like I believe that. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith, by faith, we understand that the worlds were made by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, you just can't say it any plainer than that, right? We also understand that the next part of that is that the creative genius, I mean, you can't call God a genius, but the creative power of God didn't stop in Genesis. I mean, some can look at it and say, yes, I believe in God because of what He has created. But, but the creative power of God did not stop in Genesis. Yes, He spoke the world into existence. But you know, we also believe that the God who spoke this awe-inspiring world into existence also intimately knows you and me. It's, and it's amazing that the, that the vast, incredible, super-powerful God cares about me, cares about you. Again, in the book of Psalm, in 139, we, we see the familiar passage. It says, For it was you, God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless, and all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Even in that passage in Psalm 33 that talks about the heavens were made by the power of God, in verse 11 it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. The Lord looks down from heaven. He observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from His dwelling place. He alone crafts their hearts. He considers all their works. He alone crafts their hearts. So we, so we have with this, we have in Scripture that, that God created everything in its vast glory and that He created and knows us. But, but I also want us to, uh, to look at something else. And, and that is that, that that creative power of God continues working in you. It wasn't that he just created the the universe. It wasn't even that he just created you. But he continues his creative work in our lives. And and I guess that's the point when I I get to this Ephesians chapter uh, 2 verse 10. You know that, that I want us to see God's work for us. I want us to see God's work in us, and then I want us to see God's work through us. God's work for us, God's work in us, and God's work through us. And the first question that I would have to ask is, is in this, in this passage that where Paul, and really I'm going to look at verses 1 through 10, but in this passage, Paul keeps using pronouns, right? We and us. So the first question would be, who, who, is, who is the us? Who is the we? Is it everybody that God created and formed in the womb? Is it everything, everybody that, that was created in the world? And what we're going to see and what we're going to understand is, no, it is not. The we and the us are, are those that have trusted in the blood of Jesus to save us from our sins. And... Um, it may sound narrow, but you know what? The gospel of the Lord Jesus is a narrow way. Jesus said it himself. He called it the narrow way. Wide is the way that leads to destruction and many go in. But narrow is the way that leads to life and few there are that find it. Only by the grace of God. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 1. And, uh, and just kind of read through here and make some comments before I focus back down on, on verse 10 again. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses in sin in which you previously walked, according to this worldly age, according to the ruler of the atmospheric domain, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclination of our flesh and thoughts. And by nature we were children under wrath as the others were also. 
So Paul, Paul is, is saying that, that you were dead in your trespasses of sins. You were, past tense, you were dead in your trespasses of sin. Just like all of us who are children of wrath. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it brought death to mankind. Spiritual death to all mankind. And we are hopeless without the gift of God. And, and, and Paul, Paul goes on to, and, and, and says that. In verse 4 he says, but God. But God. I mean, got to be. I mean, I, I know I say it. Every time I read that, it just it grabs me. But God. But God. But God who is abundant in mercy. Because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. By grace, you are saved. And there is the us. Those of us that have been saved by grace. He goes on to say in verse 6, He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And, and some people just stop right there. Praise God for His grace and the gift of faith that allowed me to believe I'm saved. But, but I want to submit to you that there, that there, is, that there is more. That there is more. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You see, it is not praise. I mean, I gotta be careful saying this because I don't really mean this, but it is not praise God, I'm saved, I'm done. Thank you, Jesus. Right? It is praise God I'm saved. We're just starting. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But you know, a lot of, a lot of believers, or at least I think believers, seem to live life like I was saved and now I'm good. Right? But, but this passage is... is I mean, it says, verse 10, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are His creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time that we should walk in Him. You see, as long as we draw breath, God is not done with us. He has a plan for us to keep on keeping on for new things. It's not just a plan, it's a, it's a kingdom plan. And it says we should walk in it. We should walk in it. 
Are you, are you walk, I don't mean, I'm not, I don't mean to be confrontational, but are you walking in Christ's plan for your life, your, his kingdom plan for your life? Or, like it's so easy, do we just get in a rut that is our life? Ooh. You know, I, uh, had a conversation with, uh, with one of my first cousins back some months ago, really. He had, uh, he had come across and heard a message that I preach and, and uh, sent, me a, sent me a text message. And, and, you know, we grew up together and college roommates and, and best, best of friends, right? And uh, got out of college. I went to work in the business world. He went in the work in the business world. And, you know, both of us attended church. Both of us became Sunday school. You know, we're Sunday school teachers. And, and, and life was in a rut. I mean, not a bad rut. I don't mean anything bad by that. Right? But life was just as we knew it, doing what we were doing. Right? And uh, he, he sent me this text message and said, hey, I listened to your message today. Good job. And then he said this. He said, can you believe our lives have turned out like this? You see, he, he is an ordained minister too. Late in life, like, like I was. And uh, he said, can you believe our lives turned out like this? What a blessing to have God use us in service to the kingdom. But can I tell you, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I know that, that that is, in fact, true in my life. Because, I mean, if you look at me when I was in high school, you'd never believe I could ever be a salesman. You could look at me as a salesman and never believe I'd be a preacher. And you know what? Who knows what else God has in store? One thing that I have come to learn is that it doesn't matter what I think my life ought to be like. God's typically got a different plan. And it's a good plan. And, and I don't think it's just for preachers. I think it's for every follower of Jesus. That God has a plan that we don't even... I mean, I guess some have the vision to see it. I mean, I think about, you know, preachers that, you know, that, that surrendered to the ministry when they were, you know, like nine or whatever and went to seminary and became great teachers and Bible preachers. And I mean, and I, learn, I read their books and I learn from their messages. And maybe they saw and knew God's plan from the beginning. But my guess is most of us don't live lives like that. That we just get in our comfort zone and we just keep on keeping on. And, and sometimes God has to bump us out, right? But I pray, my, my prayer is that, that God doesn't have to bump us out. You know, I think about people like Moses, right? God had a plan for Moses' life, right? And, and by the way, I do believe in the providence of God, Okay, But Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness before he was ready for God to use him to deliver the nation of Israel. 40 years. Right? And I think about, I contrast that with, with Daniel. 
right? And in Daniel chapter 1, Scripture says, He purposed in his heart to follow God. And that was it. Everything about Daniel's life just became about following God. Right? Did Daniel, did Daniel know that he was an interpreter of dreams? Did he know that he was going to be the number two guy in all of Babylon? No! He just purposed in his heart to follow God. In fact, if you'll read that, if you'll read in Daniel chapter 4, this whole Nebuchadnezzar dream thing, I mean, remember that story, right? Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. So he calls all of his wise, wise guys, calls all of his wise men to him and says, Okay, you guys, tell me what I dreamed. And they're like, what? No. We can't tell you what you dreamed. You tell us what you dreamed, and then we'll tell you what it means. And he's like, no, I'm not playing that game. You'll just tell me something I want to hear. So I'm not going to believe you until you tell me what I dreamed. And they can't do it. So Nebuchadnezzar, he sends out his armies to have them all killed. Right? Well, they came to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Daniel says, what? Kill us? You're going to kill us? Why? Well, because nobody can interpret the king's dream. And he's like, hang on a minute. So the Bible says that he gathers his three friends together. And he says, seek the Lord. That we may not die. That's, that's what he prayed. Seek the Lord that there's a way around this thing so that we don't die. He didn't pray for God to change the king's heart. That's what we'd be praying. In fact, that's what we do pray. Right? God changed their hearts. God, whatever. He, was, he just didn't want to die. The Bible says that God gave him a vision and the dream. He didn't know he was an interpreter of dreams. He was just a follower of God. And that was the way it was all of his life. And life, life took many turns, right, for him. It wasn't, certainly Daniel's life was not a life in a rut. Amen? Think about Joseph, right? Joseph just sought to follow God. Shun sin, follow God. And look how it worked out for Joseph. I mean, he had no idea. Right? As a, as a boy in his father's fields, youngest son, second to the youngest son, right? That life would turn out for him like it did. He was just following God. And not just following a God and, yeah, I believe that you created everything. And not just following God with, yeah, I believe that you created me. Right? But following God from the standpoint of, God, use me. Use me for kingdom work. See, that's, it's, not, it's not living a life in a rut. It's not living, a, well, I mean, I don't know. For some people it is. I mean, I'm not God. I don't know what God's ordained for your life. I know if I'm looking back on my life, it's like, good grief, how did we get here? I'm serious, you know? And 
And, uh, and, and maybe, you can, maybe you can relate to that too. And maybe your life has just been in a rut all your life and you've got no intentions of ever getting out of it. Right? Life is the way it's always been and there's going to be no changes. You know, I was having a conversation. Part of what prompted this message, I was having a conversation with, with one of our men who's been serving, uh, kind of teaching, help, help teach Sunday school class when we have need. So I just asked him, you know, how's it going? How are you, how are you doing? And he said... It's getting easier. Well, you know what happened? He got out of his rut in obedience to what God would have him at right then. And God's changing his life. Now, this may be putting too many words in his mouth, so you guys just have to give me a preacher's some grace, right? But God God works in his life to grow him in ways that he never really thought about. Right? But you know, that's the way God is. That's the way God works. That's the way He worked in the life of Moses. It's the way He worked in the life of Daniel. I mean, you can, just, you can just pick them. The way He worked in the life of Paul. I mean, that's the way God works. When we, in obedience, just say, Yeah, God, He'll use us for the good of the kingdom, for the good of the church. For the good of other believers, for the good of you. Because the most blessed place to be is in the center of God's will. And usually that's not in a rut. Right? It's somewhere out making a difference. I just want you to think about that sometimes when you, I don't know, when you're called on to do something that just seems like, oh, I don't know. You guys know what I mean, right? Say yes. Say yes. God, uh, God may be urging you out of a rut to greater things for kingdom glory. Amen? Amen. I'm done. I told you it's a short sermon. Wayne, come lead us in a hymn of invitation, if you would, brother. Better go back through my notes, make sure I'm done. <laughs> you know, I, I think about, you know, as I was watching that video, Heroes, you know, there, it, it wasn't just about fallen military stuff, but, but as, as I knew what I was going to preach about when I was watching that video, I thought, how many of those people in those videos knew that one day they'd been in the position that they were in? Probably none of them, or very few of them. I mean, when you sign on for the military, when you sign on as a, as a first responder, you know things you know, could be expected of you. But I've got to think that when they actually happen, that, that, uh, that it's just being who they are. You know, I, God would have us to be who we are in Christ. He didn't save us. He saved us to serve. If you look at that chapter 10. He saved us. He's in us to work through us for the kingdom. I pray that you allow God to do that in your life.
Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.